Got it. Now is it in progress? There we go, yeah. Perfect. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another disgusting piggy edition of Late Night Cruising with your star, Brian underscore Thick Bear, and your main host, Rick Big Dick Easley. And again, make sure you look at the link below to our on our podcast on all the different links link tree that we have for our websites, which are Late Night Cruising, no G at the end, of course, and Tap Subverse, which I'm sorry, I, I, I'm only showing one every once in a while, but I, I actually have for our viewers, I have a sample right here that I'm obsessed with. It's a tank top, if you're listening. One color we don't have. <laughs> I know, it's the one color we don't have, but all the rest, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm ordering one of my sides because this size is, is twink or twunky, honey, and I'm a big boy, so I have to get a size large. This shirt, it says Jim Pig. It's a tank. And obsessed with Rick's choice of stencil of uh, his, the print. I just, I'm sorry, but this shirt, like, I, I'm going to say it. And I, I don't, I'm one of those people I'll wear gay shirts to, I've always said this, I, when I'm in P-Town or, you know, where I live in Fort Lauderdale, if I'm going to a gay event, I always wear a gay shirt. But, like, I'm going to say, like, even when I'm wearing, like, the shirt I'm wearing right now. If I'm going to the gym, I'll turn this inside out, which I actually, I just had this inside out. Rick saw me pop it. This shirt right here, I with pride would wear this inside to a mall, to the gym, to anywhere. I'm sorry, but I, like, and I'm one of those gays. I literally, that's how much I love this one. Um, I can't wait to order that in uh, bear size. And I'm just showing everyone this bag that I'm obsessed with that I don't care, I just, I, I'm sorry. It's, it, you know what, someone was looking at this with me last night. Uh, I'll give him a shout out, Hunter Scott, XXX, he's a big boy. And we're gonna do some hot, sexy photos in our shirts. I was showing him this bag and his first thing was, not only does he love it, cause I'm sorry, but the, the black and white, it says top on one side, the other side says verse, New York, and then top subverse. Just, I just, I'm sorry, but a lot of gay men just like the whole top subverse. But he was like, it's not even the bag. He's like, it's just the quality of this particular bag. I love the inside, how it has this logo in it to say, like, you know, write your name on it. That I don't know, it's a fucking nice bag. That's it. But anyway, now Rick Big Dick Easley, bring us to date with what we are doing tonight because it is January 6th. This is our first podcast of 2022. Yes, I'm a little older and a little wiser. Um, I have, my birthday was on Tuesday. Very chill, very relaxing. Happy um, birthday. Turning turning 39 years old um, again. I wasn't looking forward to New Year's, but I was glad it was over. Um, 2021 was a really good year for me. Um, a lot of things happened. A lot of great things happened. Um, I feel like it brought, we, we came closer last year. Like our synergy, like we just came back with a vengeance i feel like 100 percent. which i think i think that re- explains why our podcast has grown in numbers because like we have year to day we have over forty three thousand downloads in like i don't know like 50 countries or something like that um that is amazing we have forty three thousand pigs listening to you and i talk about disgusting things that we do on our monday afternoons I say that because some things we do that we call it like, oh, that's a Monday. Some people are like, oh my God, that's crazy. But also I have to say, I agree with you, Rick, our synergy. I love that you use that word. I used to go to that gym. Uh, you know, we've gotten so much closer, but I feel like the amount of things that have happened just since 
literally it's been five months since July when we really started this up again. Have we literally, I feel like all, so many things that we dreamt about with our podcast, the shirts, the website, um, you know, all the different things that late night cruising is doing has literally happened in the last five months because you and I, not only I think like we've grown closer as friends and, but we are so passionate about doing this. And, you know, even though, like I said, we're, listen, we are not shy. We'll tell each other when we disagree with something, but at the end of the day, we still love talking about the things that gay men do not talk about. I feel like all of our podcasts, that's what it's, we, we talk about things that gay men are always shut down by when they're talking to a group of friends, you know, talking about our emotions, our feelings, body positivity, you know, uh, parties, fears, you know, all these different things. Uh, I just feel like we really just, I don't change. I, I have to say, I'm saying thank you to every 43,000, however many extra, cause you know, there's, I, you know, us with numbers, listeners, because the point that you're out there listening to these two homosexuals talk about being pigs to gay shows to everything is amazing. <clears throat> but I feel that like 2021 oh, though, COVID uh, again, you know, listen, we're, listen, this is, this is, I, you know, we always say it, me and Rick, you know, even though everything we talk about is some kind of gay, gay sex, gay club, gay life, gay people, you know, you know, we live in gay world cause we love it. Um, you know, yes, there's things like, you know, COVID is not, it, how do I say this? It's not that it's, it's not a topic that, you know, you, we want to talk about on our podcast. It's, you know, folks about gay culture, but, you know, it is affecting us because it's affecting the world. You know, we all have friends who have, we've lost, sadly. And, you know, as much as we're going on with it, you know, especially my last visit to New York, uh, which was la uh, just a week ago, you know, we're going backwards because now with winter and the, the we're at the Delta virus and the Omni, it's like, I don't like, I, I, again, like day by day, but like, you know, when you watch the news, it's so terrifying because like I said, like you remember, I was so scared to come back to New York because the way that my family and so many friends, they were making it sound like we were back to when the pandemic started two years ago, almost. It'll be two years in March, you know? And the thing is, it's so funny, Rick, is that the emails that I've seen like countless amounts of sex parties to dance parties have been canceled until further notice again, Yeah, you know, because that's the thing too, as much as like, I feel like we're all at this point where, you know, we have to live, you know, and like, you know, it was so funny. It's like, you know, my, when I came back, I was calling everyone like, Hey, I'm vaccinated, masturbated, boosted, and I feel healthy. I just want to make sure it's okay. I come to you. You know, because you're not, I'm, I'm sorry, but some people are, but I'm not getting a COVID test every day. Like, I feel fine. Like, if I'm sick, yes. And like, every once in a while, whatever. But people are like, you know, we can't just walk around getting COVID tests every day, you know. But at the same time, I'm not going to go to a gangbang. And that's when literally I started noticing all the gangbangs are being canceled. Because people are like, all right, we're at this point right now in the world that like, you know, don't like, I, I love it best. My lesbian best friend said this to me. We can't live in fear, but we can't live in ignorance either. So it's like, you really have to make choices. Like, you know, like, yes, you have to go out sometimes and do fun things. But like, sometimes like, you know, we're going back into this world of like, you know, even myself, you know, even though I'm so swamped with work and things I have to do, it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to go out, like, you got to really pick and choose. Do I really want to risk going out and possibly getting COVID or not working? Or, you know, since we're vaccinated, I'm talking about vaccinated people, you know, because, you know, not many are getting hurt, but. It's like one try. It's almost like a guilt. It's like, all right, well, I, I don't know. I feel guilty if I went out more than once in a while 
It's like, oh shit, we're risking getting COVID. You know, because my thing is this, I'm not gonna stop going to the gym. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm not gonna stop, you know, like like for example, with all the things we're doing with our shirts, I'm not gonna not go to these places. You know, I'm gonna put a mask on, but you know, I don't know, it's, it's weird well, because- the, Well, the gym is more a control setting because you have to be vaccinated or, or, in order to go in New York. I'm not sure how it is in Florida. Not here in sunny Florida, girl, here in Florida. For everyone who doesn't know, I live in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know, and I go back to New York a lot. Um, but COVID does not exist here. We've talked about it. It's on the news. It's not a joke. Our governor, uh, you know, but, oh God, I hate saying this because, again, I always say this, living in Florida, even as a gay Democrat, we all have, I keep on saying this, a touch of Republican in us because at the same time we live in Florida. And what I mean by touch of Republican is, I'm not going to lie, like, in Florida, it's illegal. Nowhere can force you to be vaccinated. I'm vaccinated and I'm boosted. But the thing is like my gym, not only are masks not mandatory, they're everywhere you go, you see a sign that says masks suggested, but there is nowhere where you have to be vaccinated here in the whole state of Florida. And on top of that, uh, not wear masks, but what I'm trying to say is, someone said this to me the other day and it is true. Listen, I'm going to say it. You have to sometimes bow, not bow down, but agree when someone is correct. Someone said to me the other day, it's true. Florida is flourishing. Not for anything, but when you look at the news, Florida is 100% open and businesses are starting, are really doing good again. It's crazy. They are, but I'm also going to say this too, just like the Golden Girls, which I love, the majority of Florida are you know even here in Wilton Manors, it is an older for the most part. But the thing is, there are a good percentage of us are vaccinated, which is a great thing, especially in the democratic areas, the gay areas. But this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not judging anyone, but to the hospital rates of the people who are not vaccinated who are dying, I'm sorry, but I'm a survival of the fittest person. You chose not to get vaccinated. I'm not cursing you, I'm not yelling at you, but you chose that. So Yes, you're on a ventilator. But what I'm trying to say, and this is why I hate, because the person who said this to me, they are right. And this is where I touch Republican. For the rest of us who are vaccinated and even getting to sick and being okay, for, for the whole part, survival of the fittest. We're flourishing. We're going back. We can't, we can't, it's been two years. We can't live in a bubble, but I, don't, I, I feel very mixed. I hate talking, because, you know, the thing is COVID has turned into a political thing. We talk about this. Everyone says this. It's not any more safety now. It's a political thing. I think it's more we're realizing how um, defiant people are. Yes. Even if it's in their own, even if it's in their own, for the good of their own health, they will, if it's detriment, they will still do it despite that. Just to be right, just to say they have control, like it's almost like Look a Look at the other countries. Some people. I'm going to listen, if, if I can be the president, if I can be the ruler of the world, fictional world, I'm sorry, but all the other countries had it right. In the 1900s, when the Spanish flu happened, it was two years. They said, but that in the 1900s, people weren't traveling like how we travel now. If I can be the rule of the world, I'm sorry, but if we, if the entire world would have just really closed down for at least six months, the entire world, no traveling, no flying, like shut down, which even though there were parts, but I'm going to say it, as I was one of them, because Rick, our last podcast, I flew to New York, I said it the entire time as I saw thousands of people at the airport with me this is why we're, how long is it going to take 
because with those thousands of people that were with me in Orlando airport, I drove to Orlando, you go to that airport, to New York, or even my flight back every day. I'm like, there are a thousand people who, you know what? They feel healthy like myself. Maybe they're vaccinated, maybe they're boosted and they're asymptomatic, which I could be, Rick, I could have, I could have been asymptomatic and gave it to you. But the point is now here I am in Florida flying to New York and you know, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, again, like if you were going to live in this world where we don't get COVID tests every day, which I, 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 I again, if you're healthy, this, it's like the flu. It's like, it's going to like the flu one day, hopefully people will be like, oh, I'm sick. I have COVID. Like, you know, like the, how people, oh, I have the flu. It's always in specs. Guess what? That person who's like, oh, I'm sick. I have the flu. Just I got home from vacation. The difference is you have like, if you're like, like, like my, cause I, I can't talk. My etymologist, um, who is my my boss at the job I'm working at? He was he explained it as this: If you're vaccinated, you're prepared for it. If you're unvaccinated, you're unprepared. Yes. And it's like anybody can still get it, but the the difference and how it affects you is different. Like the flu, if you get the flu and you're not you get a flu shot, it won't affect you as much. You won't die. COVID is a different story. So it's just well, like, I mean the um, flu. Like the, no, the, you, you you could. Because there's no antibiotic for the flu. I used to not get the flu shot. There was one year I, I saw Jesus' Jesus's eyes. because I, And that's when I started getting the flu shot every year. I had like 104 fever. I was like literally about to go to the hospital. I know. I, wait, I think it was 100. It was very high. Maybe it was 103. But I remember it was so bad, like that pain, that I was like, oh, my God. And like my doctor was like, I remember this was before COVID. My doctor was like, yeah, I get, this was just a spit out number. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's not a lot. So many people get the flu shot. He's like, but there are about a good 5,000 people who die every year from the flu. Like, it's just like COVID. So the thing is, there is no antibiotics. You know what's so funny? COVID. COVID has replaced the flu. Yes. And it's because of where you wear a mask. And listen, I, there's certain times in my life, you know, even though I live in this uh, Florida, I'm not going to lie. Am I the best all the time? Like, you know, in Florida, like, you know, it's half and half. You know, just in the last three weeks since the Omni and, you know, Delta virus really blown up in Florida. Anyway, you see more masks than I've seen in months, you know, but still it's like, if, again, like if I'm going to the gym or Walmart, because again, I really do live a safe life of not doing you know much outside. You'll see like maybe 25% masks opposed to where it used to be one, but, you know, even like I said, you know, I'm no longer with the Eagle Will to Manners, nothing nasty. You know, we talked, I, I, right now between so many good things happening in my life, you know, I was like, you know, right now I need to really, for the first time ever, focus on all the amazing things that are work related. But with the Eagle, and I'm not giving, it's not just, I'm not, how do I say this? It's all of Will to Manners, because I don't want to specifically like point at the Eagle, all the gay bars here in Will to Manners, baby, I, from July until literally my last day on December 6th, there was not one mask in sight of hundreds of gay men between Halloween to Christmas. No one's wearing, because again, we're, you know, everyone's out. And, and when I say this, I want to put this out there. I'm not trying to be negative, but all those men are from democratic states. Like the majority of our tourism is from New York, especially. So all those people are New Yorkers. Yes, they're vaccinated. They're prepared. The thing is, and this is the point, there are many Republican gays. There are many gay people who are not even Republican, Democrat, because they don't have to show a vaccine anywhere. Like, that's why New York has such a higher vaccine rate, because in New York, there's so much you physically, you can't go to a restaurant unless you have a vaccine card. You can't do this. You can't do that. Where in Florida, it doesn't, 
you don't have to have anything. Like flying, not for anybody. I told you this. I was shocked because I'm prepared. I, I thought you had to have your vaccine card to fly. You do Only not. international. Only international. That's right. International. So, so like my flight to Florida and back, doesn't matter where they're from, that person in New York who's not vaccinated, who's like, I just don't go out to eat, they could be on the plane. You know, but the point is how this relates to, I feel like our lives is not only that, but also when it comes to gay, the gay world, and we talked about this, you know, our spaces, whether it be a gay bar to a gay restaurant, to sex clubs, to anything that's gay, we are, like I always say, a minority. We forget this, that, you know, a gay restaurant, for example, is struggling double harder than a regular straight restaurant because there's so many establishments that are gay owned and operated that there are a lot of straight people who are like, oh, that's like a gay thing. Where it's like, when it comes to like a gay restaurant anyway, you know, but the thing with us is, you know, someone put it very well for me. One of the articles I remember during the apocalypse, I called it, uh, they were saying how gay bars were struggling the worst because straight bars, the thing is, even though we, yes, we make more money, the thing is we just, we're only catering to, for the most part, a minority. And we need these spaces because we are a minority. Like we've talked about so many times on our podcast, you know, about gay bars are not about nightlife. It's about us being able to be in a room with other men who are also a sexual minority. And the thing is, like, you know, these places being shut down are really there. You know, we how many gay bars have shut down across the, the country, you know, and more than straight. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, it, it really breaks my heart because this 2021. A lot of the spaces I, we get, we don't get back. Yes. I feel like it's, it's you know, I, we had a couple of good, when I say good months, I feel like from like, you know, we were starting to do good again, like, you know, from a little bit before the summer, but like, you know, now with it, what scares me is that, and I've always said this from being very fortunate to have so many friends from, you know, social media, all the people that I know from all over the country and, you know, that I've met, we forget how to be grateful for what we have living in, I'm going to say it, I always say it, I, New York City to me is the best case city in the world, even though I live here in Fort Lauderdale. But the thing is, we forget that in other states, they have one gay bar. Like, I'm going to say Long Island. I'm from Long Island originally. I went home to visit for the holidays. I went three days. So everyone doesn't know. And then the rest of the days, Rick Easley was whipping me, whipping me into shape, doing work. The thing is, those days, I said to my, I was with my gay cousins, and I was with uh, my one gay friend. And we literally, I was asking about Long Island. I haven't been there in years, you know. Long Island has barely one gay bar. <laughs> Long Island is a very large place you know suffolk county Nassau County. there's literally like one gay bar and they don't even go because the thing is they're so not gone to you know it's very it's different so the thing is these spaces and that's what i mean is that i feel like that's what scares me about covid and why i'm I, you know that's one thing that praise i pray that we really bounce back is that we already as a minority have such limited gay spaces every day and you know we're losing like you know i know people i saw i told you this i think i told us in a podcast I can't remember the state. Please excuse me. I can't remember. But there's a um, friend of mine on Facebook. He were I, I, I were I a lot of my Facebook friends are men who work since I work at gay bars, gay bars all over. And I always they literally have like I was asking they have like one gay bar in the whole state. But I was watching them do this like drag show in a barn. I don't know where they are. It was warmer weather. But like I was watching this. and I'm like, God, I'm so ungrateful. You know, we've had this, you know, living in Fort Lauderdale and New York, living in New York City my whole life in Fort Lauderdale and going to Palm Springs. Like, you know, being in all these places, like, there are men who have literally, other than the one gay vacation, like, this is their Friday Saturday. Like, this is what, this is it. Like, a bunch of drag queens doing a show basically like in a backyard barn. 
And even when I was watching this video, again, I'm not heterophobic, maybe a little bit. I love straight people. I love Rick's straight roommate. Um, but the point is, all I saw was a bunch of straight girls. I saw a man and a woman holding hands. I'm like, oh my God, these poor people. This one state, they have one goddamn gay bar. And again, even though I love it that you're a supporter, it's like, Jesus Christ, the one night, like, and again, the state, men are driving. We've talked about this here in Fort Lauderdale. I've met so many men, for example, who literally, in, in Florida, this Tampa has a few gay bars. Uh, we've talked about, they're on our website. Tampa has a few gay bars, Fort Lauderdale, obviously. Orlando, Orlando to me is, they, I don't know what they are. They, they got, I, I wish them well. They have like two gay bars. It's very a different scene, not my scene. And I think there's I, there's Key West, and but Florida is a very big state. Florida is like you know a 12, 13 hour whatever drive. So when you think about it, with the amount of land, even though I just named a lot, maybe the entire state of Florida is a total of like fifteen gay bars. And the entire state of Florida, which literally I only know this for a fact, I have a friend who lives nine hours away. From, like Florida is a very big state. So the thing is, these places. Thank God in Florida, they're not struggling because Florida's like, we don't wear masks, COVID's fake. <laughs> but the point is, you know, that's what's really sad to me. So that, that's where I feel like, you know, going into 2022, for me personally, I'm gonna, I want to ask Rick, you know, me shut up for a second. I'm very hopeful. And I'm praying that hopefully the vaccine really starts affecting and helping us and also not being negative. But I do, I'm one of those people, I don't live in fear in that, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I'm not trying to kill myself, but I do believe in survival of the fittest. And all those people who sadly are passing away from refusing to get the vaccine, I really do not speak negatively about you. But you know what? The religious ones, I've heard this on the news. One man or woman said, if it's God's will that I'm dying of COVID, it's God's will. You know what? I can't fight with you. If you want to go down that route, God bless you. But the point is, the ones left, we're vaccinated. It's like the flu. So I'm hopeful for 2022. I feel this is a healthy year for the world. Healthy. That's what I'm projecting. I want the world to be healthy and I want us to continue to make the best choices we can so we really can hopefully one day get back to the most normal. But we are always, I feel like the world like China, I feel like in 10 years from now, you're still going to see people wearing a mask on the subway or planes, which aka I, I will be on the plane and that with a mask because I, I love a, not being said. different outlook for 2022. I think it's going to be a reality check mm. that you going to have to deal with COVID. You, no matter how, it's one thing, one year, two, three years of dealing with COVID, you're going to face it one way or another. And yes. unfortunately, a lot of people want to die in order for a lot of people to get on board because it's, it's like I went to the, I, I had to go to the, I wasn't feeling well, mm. a little scare. And I went to the gonorrhea. Evening. Um, what happened? I said gonorrhea. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, COVID. I'm so sorry. You said scarce. I'm like, oh, gonorrhea. So I, 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 so, um, the, the culture shock of when I went before COVID and now it's like, it was like, uh, like the scene, if, like if there was like a murder scene or like a fire or like a, a freak accident and there's all these people like, injured and like, there was people everywhere. Like, you know how you go to a hospital and you have the little the little bays of room, like curtain dividers of rooms? Mm -hmm. Those were filled up. 
the hallway was like you had to walk around people. And, and this was just four days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this it is was, now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so I remember that that little scare and we had to go to the hospital. But you know what's so sad that you said that? All I could think about is all the nurses and doctors. Cause I, you know, we all have a lot of nurse friends. The thing is, this is their new normal. Like it's not a thing, like they're not freaked out anymore. Not, that was the thing. There is the shortage. It's it's not normal to them. They just the only thing that's different is less people are dying. Yeah. That's the only difference. And they have less help. And you know, you don't hear the more the banging of the pots and applauding the nurses and doctors. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. That was that was um well, that was just a New York thing in big cities because that was a big culture shock for me. We talked, I think we talked about this our first podcast back. When I first moved here during the pandemic in July, because I had to, because you know, we all know my story. I love the cock and I didn't want to leave, but you know, we were closed for over a year. I was like, I, I guess Brian Selly's future dream of moving to Florida is happening 10, five, five, 10 years earlier. Um, but when I moved here to Florida, my, my first night here with all my best friends who are from New York who moved here at seven o'clock, I was like, all right. Are we, my friends like, what are you, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like they're being funny. I was like, oh, because I lived in Hell's Kitchen before I you know, moved in New York every single night of my life. Honking and horns, like it was a big thing. And they were like, oh, we respect it. We're so proud, but in Florida, we never did that. Because also I, I, Long Island, I will say that to my family in Long Island, I asked them once, they said, it's because, you know, in the suburbs, the city, cities we do, because we're all on top of each other. So the thing is, it's true, like second, Bitch, the second that apartment 3C starts clapping, everyone downstairs hears it. So I feel like that's where it was, but you're also right too. In New York, it's that people, you know, again, we take for granted and we just stopped giving gratitude to these people who are working these long shifts. But even my nurse friends have told me too, I can't believe this. There are so many not nurses and doctors who have quit the field because they're like, I'm over it. I'm over bringing this home. My, like, you know, one of my very close friends is a nurse and you know, even our, she goes up and down, but she was telling me, like, you know, they all had, I've heard, we've all heard these stories. They have these philosophies. They would literally get home undress at the door and take a shower before touching their children, you know, cause they've been literally surrounded with COVID all day. And even with the mask, like you, we've all seen the pictures, the tape all over their faces, you know, but the thing is like, so many of them, like, it's not worth the money anymore. I'll go into a new field. You know, that, this is where, like I said, like the world, I feel like COVID uh, and the pandemic, you know, these last two years, like I said, there's, it's changed all of us, but also so many miracles have come from it. it, I feel like it revealed all of us. It revealed our true character. We we could handle things. We could take risks. I feel like a lot of people have taken risks and I feel like a lot of, you know, I'm going to say it first. I'm going to share with everyone, you know, even though this is all about the pandemic, but the thing is, I'm going to say it, that affects gay culture. It affects every culture. And that's why it's important that we talk about it. Cause that's the thing too, is that, you know, I'm going to say this, how do I say this? There's a difference between, I'm going to say like, even when it comes to being gay as a minority, yes, COVID affects us differently than a straight person. I'm going to say like, as much like, yes, we're all dying straight or gay doesn't matter. You know, like we said, like we barely have the whole point of gay, everything we talk about, is that we only have like certain nights to go to a gay bar, you know? And the thing is with this and pandemic- now we can't go out because of COVID. 
but that affects because like we said like you know not everyone's a slut right and i love that you've taught me this it's true like as much as like you know we live these lives not like listen i i've had many times that i've made love and not have sex that's not happening because guess what you're not meeting that man on grinder boo you're not meeting that man in the steam room giving him a hand job those are the men like you know like i've had we've all had these stories i, I will say there's a very big part of our gay spaces that are us actually connecting with a, hey, I had a great conversation with you. Maybe we should go to dinner. It's not always, I'm gonna suck your dick, you suck my dick, you know? And the thing is, that's not happening. But also in that retrospect too, like we're talking about is that it affects us harder because you know what? We don't have, like I always say this, a straight man, a straight woman, they have more options. Because again, your straight is not a minority. We don't have as many people lined up who are sitting there on Tinder. Like there's been so many marriages conformed from this pandemic because so many men and women have had the time to talk to each other where yes i'm sure there's a lot of gay stories like that too but we have less boxes on our tinder than you do you know and the thing is that's where but even when it comes to sex and i'm going to say this too i'm not trying to be nasty but we all know the stories oh my god i met my boyfriend at a sex club like i love those stories i want that to be me because that's the dream like oh my god so your first time meeting you guys had sex and you started dating now you're married i love it there's no sex parties because they're canceled again. You know, we're going backwards, you know, and th that's where COVID is really affecting, but also is, you know, personal stories that it's changed our world. Like look at TikTok. I'm one of them. I get paid on TikTok. I'm in the paid circle. I just literally got approved. So I don't know how it works. I, I look like it's like a, literally like, like $3 or something. So, you know, but it, it, it's, it's very weird. It's, it's like, you get, I don't know the details. You get paid like 10 cents per hundred view. It's something weird. The point is, TikTok has become this platform now where people really are getting paid. Only fans, just for fans, gay or straight. The porn world has changed. Everyone masturbates, boo. Gay, straight, doesn't matter who you are. Everyone has jerked off, fingered their puss. Every, that, is, that is gay and straight. Porn has changed for the world because now you're seeing people who have like a 12-inch dick who's not a porn star, but they're like, I have a 12-inch dick. I want to jerk off and show people. And that's where I think sex has become hotter in a way for gay or straight. How many people, and I know our listeners, I, again, we want you to write in. There are so many men out there and women who have become sex idols who never ever wanted to or would do porn. And they still don't, but they're doing OnlyFans. Like I like, I got, I'm one of them too. Like I just said this last night, Hunter Scott XXX. I don't like doing actual porn filmings. I've done one and I'm going to do another one with Hunter, Hunter actually, and a few other companies. But I'd rather just find another OnlyFans creator and do what I want on my couch. I'd rather, if it's five You know what you great, should do? You should go to Mask Collab in DC. What is it called? Mask Collab. It's the, it's the OnlyFans and Just For Fans like, create content party where they meet up and create content. You know, I'm writing it down. So I'm going to go, what is it called? A mask, what? Yeah, Mask Collab. C-O-L-L-A-B. I'm going to look it up and go to it if, if they ever have one again. Because they have God one knows, monthly. It's a monthly party. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll book some plane tickets. But uh, the, the point is, though, with all these things is that, like, I feel that with talking about COVID, that's what I'm trying to say is that you always have to look at the silver lining, you know? And, like, you know, I, I, I never, I don't like to shout it out a lot. You know, I lost a very, very close friend to COVID. And the thing is, like I said, again, like, you know, it's not about turning a negative into a positive. It's that in everything in life, like I always say this again and again, whenever you fall, all you can do is get up, but don't focus on the fall. 
learn from it. That way, hopefully you won't fall again, but get up and move forward. And with COVID, the thing is, so many people have really tuned into being creative. So many people have taken risks and changed careers. Especially, especially the job market. A lot of people yes. have left their job and like, and, and I, flourish. I, I must say I'm one of those people who actually thrive because of COVID. Yeah. You know, working the vaccine sites. Now I'm working with the Department of Health. That's, it, it's opened so many jobs for so many people. And also is, I'm going to say this too, you know, better trying to do this on purpose. But for me, because I worked in gay nightlife, it opened up so many jobs for so many people in gay nightlife because there's so many people in gay nightlife like myself who couldn't work for a year and a half. That's why I moved to Fort Lauderdale. But also is like, you know, let's talk about the cock. You know, it's very sad. You know, rest in peace, Nisham. I will always say this. But the cock never had two open positions available. You know, there are two men who wouldn't get to where I remember the Eagle in L.A., these two men who worked at the Eagle forever and forever. Cause I remember Stephen Cunningham, our last guest, he told me this, these two men who worked at the Eagle forever who had no ch- plans on leaving, both went into real estate. Because again, after not working for a year, they're like, shit, we don't know what the world is. This is what we've done for a living our whole lives. We're adults. Let's, you know, we've always thought about it. Let's try it. But the point is even at night, like that's two men who would never be able to work in a gay bar who now were able to work in it. Or even me here in Fort Lauderdale with all the amazing things I hate saying this again, like when well, I hate, but silver lining because of, you know, all the things we late night cruising that has really happened because of the pandemic. We were able to re-synergy because of TikTok, because of my only fans, just for fans, because of all the other things I do for income that I never focused on when I was working at the, you know, cock in New York and in Fort Lauderdale, I just left the Eagle. And now there's a, there's a availability for some man who I was holding that job against. So the thing is, that's what I mean about the job market. Like, you know, nurses, if you're a nurse right now, you can, like, you could always get a job anyway. But like, now you really can. There's so many men and women who are like, you know what? Because of COVID, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, my friends have told me, like, there's nurses for, like, 15-year nurses who are like, I'm done. COVID has, I'm done. I'm going to go to a different route. But now there's, you know, teachers. That's another thing. You know, the school districts we talked, you know, we can only speak for America, for our listeners from other places. But I've heard about this, that, you know, teachers from all over the country, you know, there's so like Long Island, I know is in New York, you know, they go in waves, basically, because like, you know, it, the, the way that some states work out with teachers, I've heard is that teachers basically, uh, they all get hired at once. Like I know this only from Long Island, because my, uh, again, a lot of typical, a lot of my gay friends and girlfriends, and no straight male too, a lot of people just going to be teachers. Long Island's the highest paying teacher job, like one of the highest in the, in the country, teachers in Long Island make anywhere between 82, like over $130,000 a year to teach Johnny not to pick his dick and uh, in class to pick his nose. I'm like, God bless. But the point is I love teachers. The way that it works is that there's spouts where there's no jobs because basically what happens is they're waiting for the teachers all to retire. And then all of a sudden that year comes, my friend, my very close friend was explaining this to me the other night, like in Long Island, there's basically like they'll go through a phase where all of a sudden one year, all of Long Island basically is retiring. And all of a sudden, all the new graduates get these jobs, but then think about all the teachers from the last year. And we all know this from going to college. When you go to, I can only speak about New York. In New York, every college, like half the goddamn school was people going to school for education, to be teachers. This is a thing too, that's changed the world, the, the world because so many teachers have had the time to change careers. There are so many teachers who weren't happy, who in the past would have just stayed teaching you know, and be like, all right, go back because of COVID. 
Some of them refusing to go back because of COVID. Some of them, again, you know, this pandemic, you know, I, I can only speak again for New York and, you know, even Florida, as much before I was here, Florida shut down for a good solid, like three months, they said. They said Florida was shut down for, what was it? I think it was like all of, they shut down, I think Florida was like an eight, Disney closed. Basically, the time that Disney was closed, so Disney was closed for, I think, a solid like three or four months. Uh, don't quote me. But whenever it was still, there are so many people, you know, other countries always make fun of us as Americans, how we work nonstop. But in America, there are so many people, and I'm one of them. I've never had three solid months not working. You know, like I had three months of unemployment where I was like, oh my God, like, even though we couldn't do anything, like it made my brain think, like, you know, only fans and just for fans. I've been saying I was going to do it for years. I finally, I was like, oh, I have time now to learn and focus and do this. You know, and that same thing with teachers. I've, I've heard so many stories from teach so many different careers where, you know, just even in Florida, just those two months, there's so many people who've never had two months to really learn about themselves. Well, like, I was, oh I was one of them. I was one of them. And that's you absolutely you absolutely were. I, I used that time to read just the website and yeah. come up with different strategies. And I feel like now I'm finding my stride for where I wanted to be. I wanted to wanted to wanted to become. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but I wanted to um you have mentioned something. I want to kind of switch topics. Yeah, I want to be hopeful about 2022. That that me and Ricky is we we you know we touch on because we do have to. We can't live in ignorance, but 2022, I feel like it's gonna be yeah, a we're gonna good we're, year. we're gonna see a lot more of us next year. Uh, yes. this year I should say. Um year. a lot of more a lot of projects, a lot of events. Uh, we're adding um we added, I've added um more things to the website, including drag shows. So I felt like our listeners want a variety when they go to the website. And I feel like instead of them having to search for themselves, why not make it a one-stop shop where they can find bingo, karaoke, um, drag shows, comedy well, so shows. You, all, you know what? We've talked about this before too. You always want to have something to go to before you go to the dirty party, before you go to a yeah. circuit party. You know, when you're on vacation or, you know, let's say a Saturday night out, before you go to a circuit party, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, let's do dinner. Maybe let's do a drink before we all go. You know, so I, I love that. I love, I, I saw that. And I love them on our website. I learned about a lot of other bars that wouldn't normally even know exist, but they have some really cool themes and events. And I felt like, why not show with some love and, you know, put it on our platform and really go? Because I feel like gay comedy shows don't get enough love or attention for less. Um, so, Parties and events, even some dating. There's some gay dating sites here in New York. Oh, I love them. Events. And um, Hugh Heisel, he does a lot of, it's the men event. The men event.com, I believe is the website. Okay. And he does a lot of, I even, I went to someone, I, when I first went, I went to a couple of them. Um, I realized I'm not, I really didn't enjoy speed dating and the whole thing and stuff like that. Can you talk about, I want to, I want to, that's one of the things I always want to do. And I want you to, because this thing, like, I love that we're doing this because like we said, like as much as yes, we love talking about the circuit parties and sex, you know, there's more to us being, this we're talking about gay culture. Like, yeah, sometimes I just want to go out to a gay bar where my shirt's on and I'm just talking to someone. You know, like we, we, there's more to us, but I wanted to always try the gay speed dating. And when I was in New York my entire life, I remember it was always on Tuesday nights. Tuesday and, and, yeah. Yep. And they were always on nights. 
that I absolutely just or, could not go. Or it was before it was before you had to get you were on your way to the cock. Yes. They were always, I remember because even the few times I would catch one that wasn't like, for example, on a Tuesday for a little while, they were doing it on Mondays when you and I were trying to do, you know, when we were starting our party before the pandemic ruined our lives. Uh, we were doing a party in Midtown. And then for a little changed while, we were, I should say ruined, it changed our lives. You know what? You're right. You're right. It did because it made it better. We would not be where we are today, right now, you and I, especially if it wasn't that. But I remember Wednesdays too. I used to always go to the Eagles Jockstrap night because, you know, basically everyone who I hire for Wednesdays, for Tuesdays, and the weekends worked at the Eagle. It was always like, you know, so basically I could never go to this goddamn party. And I always was fascinated about how it works. So you actually went to the speed dating. So tell me what happened, Rick. I want you to go into details. When you walked in, how many men were there around? It was roughly like 20 to 30 guys. And now- well, I'm so professional. So I, okay. at that time, I was still getting my bearings. So I felt out of place and awkward. And I didn't feel like I should have been there or just like, I feel like- Why? I don't, nope, this is, you know, it was just part of my insecurity when, you know, That's when I, I felt. Okay. And I think I was like in between jobs. I was working at Whole Foods. I wasn't really established. Okay. You know? So I think that played a part in it. And I didn't really go back to it for a while because of, of the awkwardness and stuff. Um, but I didn't have no negative, no negative thoughts about it. No, like, no, I mean like I, I want to know like legit, like so you walk in, like what do they do? They give everyone oh, numbers. I didn't get a name. Um there we go. There were certain ones where it was like um it was like sugar daddies and sugar babies kind of thing like over like it wasn't said like they were like over 38 under 30 kind of thing like um so there's so out of the 30 men that because i always wonder i know it sounds stupid but i've never been i want to go with gay speed dating speed dating in general even if i was straight i'd want to do this i think like so i know that everyone gets like what like a minute how long were the dates like a minute or two yeah and then you'll so you'll switch. So does everyone get to have a speed date with every single person? I don't think it worked like that because of the time frame. But That's it, was what I was like, it was more like a networking. Like these people are on this side, you're on. And you kind of like you kind of like network. Like okay, like so there. Like, so, oh, so that was like your name badge kind of thing. So you'll like talk to somebody who was a certain age than you, and then they had some that was all all for all. They had different ones. So some was oh, just okay. men that were older. There were some for men that were younger, some professionals. Like they had different types of themes. So it was, it wasn't. Uh, I look, you know, it was a variety of like, me, it was a, the whole goal was to meet new and different people each time. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That, that's why I'm like, I don't know if I, because I, I want to do like a movie. Like when you know, when you watch a movie that like there's so many movies that always have that scene where they're at speed dating. And that's the thing is that like, you know, it's true, ops attract. I would love that to go to a, a speed dating thing where, you know, every, like, you know, maybe I, I would do it. I would do 30 minutes. Like, so I'm meeting 30 men in 30 minutes. And these are men who I would necessarily, because this is the thing, you know, we talk about, you know, I love talking about emotions. Like I always say, like, you know, listen, other than us talking about the dirty, the sex parties, you know, I, listen, I'm going to say it. I, there's been so many times in my life that I've had men who I have met who I would never think would be sexually attracted to me because I'm always, again, as gay men, we're always putting ourselves down. I've had so many men, for example, like I've always said, I love a shaved man as much as I'm hairy and oh, he's hairy. I've had so many beautiful men that I've seen where I knock myself down before they could even smile at me. These men who I get, you know, defensive, like, oh, he's a fuck, I don't really. Maybe if that, I had speed dating. That, that's a, and that, what you just said, 
Well, that's a lot of game. Another games. another topic. Yeah, love. We always talk about that validation. Listen, are you, are you validation? One hundred percent. My the way I've, I I figured the way you could tell the difference is if you talk about the person or you talk about the connection. Yes, and that's why well, I'm obsessed. If it's love and love and um, attraction is the connection you have. If you talk about just simply their appearance, then that's just validation. 100%. That's why I wanted speed dating so bad. Cause like you said, I love both aspects. It's not just the point of looks, but okay. For example, like let's say with speed day, I was at speed dating. This is how I, I dream about because I really want to do it so bad. I, I, for years I've been saying, so I would love to speed dating. Let's say, forget about, you know, be, you're forced to be with a man that you would be like, Oh, well, this guy's not into me. But, you know, again, so you don't feel uncomfortable because it's not like, it's like, oh, well, we have to do this. And what happens if this man that I think is so attractive and this man thinks I'm so attractive and all of a sudden we start talking and I start and I like him in the real gay world, especially in the gay world. Oh, my God, this is a man who I would never hit on. We would never we would maybe glare at each other. We would never necessarily talk. And, you know, what I say this, I mean, this in a, a how do I say this? not just sexual but like listen i've been surprised from sexual settings to normal settings. there's so many times that men who i think i would never look at or never when i say look at would never look at me and all of a sudden like there we are having the most amazing sex in the sauna steam room when the point of the story relates to speed dating because almost in a way so much gay cruising is like speed dating because when you go to these like we talked about the public cruising sites <coughs> that we have all been to, like, you know, whether it be like, you know, woods of some sort or, you know, steam room saunas or sex clubs, sex parties. The whole point is you're in an area with a hundred whatever gay men that are all naked and hard and we're all just going at it and you're like, oh shit, I just had sex with this man who I completely normally would never think would look at me. Same, but now speed dating is another level. It's this man that you, like we've talked about before so many times about that whole, you know, aspect of like, you know, that man who you'll play with at a sex party, but you would never maybe go on hook up with on grinder or scruff. Same thing, but what if that man that is sitting across from me now and all of a sudden we have an amazing conversation? That's why I really want to do speed dating. But it's like the movies when you see like the guy like sitting there or you know the girl, maybe, and like, maybe you should start that in Florida. You know what? I am not joking. I Fort feel Lauderdale. Like might be, I feel like it might do well in Florida. Actually, I do. I, I, I think late night cruising should, should that's going to be our first goal for 2022. Late night cruising, speed dating here in Florida. And you know what? The Eagle and me had a very, again, it was not a negative situation. I, you know, love them. And I, I, I think actually I might actually, because I've been very rude. I have not been back there to say hello or be polite. We had a, I'm still, I can still pick up shifts. Like they're very nice. Look, you're still go adjusting. In. You just, yeah. like, you but I think I might go in there to say hello and say to them, actually, I have an idea. <laughs> How do you feel about late night cruising? And they are very perceptive of this, hosting a speed dating thing at the Eagle. You, um, this covers, it's funny because I watched, uh, I was, uh, you know, my roommate's Chris, um, Chris Avalon, who's been on our podcast. And he, yes, um, love Chris. He talked about, um, Oh, we watched the episode of Sex in the City. It was the one where yes. um, Stanford wanted Carrie to be his surrogate so he can get an inheritance. And he was getting frustrated because he's like, um, I'm not, he, he put it in the, he put in the ad in the newspaper to meet somebody. And he said he was like Ed Harris type. 
And God was like, no, it's not a match. He said, the guys, I'm either too old for this one, too young for this one, too ugly for this one. Guys who are like me don't want other guys like me. Like, they don't want guys who look just like them. And so he really talked about the frustration that a lot, I feel like a lot of people come, was like, people go into a bear party and other bears are there and they're not into bears. You know what? I am every like, gay man. Remember we said that last podcast? Well, I've been saying every podcast. I love that statement. The thing is, we constantly forget that all the things you're just saying, every gay man, I don't care if you are six foot four and you have a beautiful body. This is the one thing we all go through. But like you said it best, Rick, Rick, big dick easily 2021 quote. You said this best. You said the thing is, as gay men, we are so quick to have to have this tough skin and be like, well, I'm fucking not in too many anyway. Even these beautiful hot men. And that was, I, it's off topic with that show we were going to talk about, which, you know, with the gay scene from uh, the other two. It, I don't want to go into it, but that one scene was, that's what I'm trying to say, the, the four instagays. Uh, they show that it's a funny show, but they were, you know, we watched together, actually, me and Rick. Those four men, this is what I'm trying to say, is that so many people forget about this. If that's Brian, not as funny. Anybody who watched the show, if you want to get an inside of Brian's brain, he is Brooke. 100%. He is definitely broke. 100%. <laughs> but that, that one episode is about these gay Instagrammers. And the point of the story was they did it like in every scene. These big, beautiful, muscular gay men who have like millions of followers. They're influencers. They make money. You know, every like again, for, again, you can't judge a book by its cover. You think they're perfect. Every scene in a very S, the show's very S, Sad Night Live, very funny. These beautiful, I feel so fat. Whenever I'm around, uh, you know, this one, I feel so ugly. And then, like, the next scene, it would be, like, the other one. like And things, that's the thing. Like, so this man, who's be- even though, like, he's perfect, he's sitting there saying how he feels he's ugly. He's sitting there saying how he doesn't feel attractive. You know, and that's things that gay men, because we're always so cold to be like, oh, you know, I've heard this, too. I know you have, too. These beautiful gay men. Oh, well, he doesn't have to worry about that because he's so hot. And you have this gay man, like, giving you this look of death. I've had this situation. Like, I, I talk about this in a very humble way. There are men out there, God bless you, thank you so much, I'm so grateful. There are men out there who find me beautiful, and I love that. I'm so grateful for that. But they'll hear me speaking, and they get mad at me. And I'm and like, oh, well, you can take whatever you want. Everyone who listens to this podcast hears me bitch about men, but the thing is this. You have to realize that man who you think is so beautiful, he's giving me that look. Oh, well, you don't have to worry about it. And he's like, what? I've met, for example, living in Fort Lauderdale where so many porn stars and I'm putting this out there for our listeners. And, you know, I mean, you and me have talked about this because Rick knows all these men, too. There are so many Adonis, Adonis, like real porn stars. And I'm not going to mention this one's name. He lives right. Nick, he lives. Mm, it doesn't matter. The point is, this man has the biggest cock, the most beautiful. He was telling me one day as we were talking to his friends about how he'll go on scruff and no one messages him. And I, I drop Mike. I literally, this man is world-renowned, famous. Like, we're talking, this man has everything. Like, okay. And at first, I was like, is it because people think your profile's fake? You know, I went down that route. So, but I was still so shocked. Because I would think, I'm like, oh, my God, no, clearly people see him. Like, But he was telling me, like, nope. I message guys. I say, hey. I even say, like, nope, this is really me. It's because they're nervous. They're intimidated. Well, it also brings out their insecurities. In the 100%. You can't always, it's not their fault. Like, if you did nothing wrong and all you were genuine, you got to say, 
it's not me, it's them, not me. You know, well, but at the people, same time, that doesn't that doesn't fill the need of, that you're the desire that you're wanting that you crave at the moment. Um, but I want to make sure I say rest in peace, Willie Garson, because he did pass away last year. Rest um, in peace. I think he lost his life, uh, lost the battle to cancer. I'm um, so sorry. I hope I, he, well, of course, yeah, we can't say R.I.P. Betty White. You know, we lost her New Year's Eve. Um, that is correct. I, and Betty White especially is, you know, she. It was a very large part of you, you, the game. you love you some Golden Girls. I, well, if you have Golden Girls, I mean, the oh, geez, I'm gonna say I like, again, Mary Tyler Moore, Mama's Family. You know, listen, as, not trying to twist the topic about gay men's emotions, but Betty White, all those Golden Girls, every single one of them was a Broadway. To you know, Sophia was a very big theater act. She did a very famous play. I don't know the details. I forget, but I'm pretty sure she did a very big uh, gay GLBT show about like you know the aids and i i've only seen an interview of her where she literally there were there whenever they would do lines on the golden girls anything that was remotely nasty about gays she refused to say them she was a big 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 gay sport well, so, yes. or betty white uh sophia the the mother okay that's still who's actually she was actually the youngest one on the show but so yes the golden girls i feel were a very big part of gay culture um, and I, so yeah, so rest in peace, Betty White, before we forget. But I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. How are we doing on time, Rick? We, we, you know us, strapping um, away. I'm not the timekeeper anymore. We're just, we're just, after, after last episode, I just let it roll, you know? You know, I'm letting it roll too. Format, like, but, you know. But Rick, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about, like, I want, like, like what do you feel? Like, I, I feel that, that, like I said, I always love diving in when we start talking about, you know, things that are not, about gay men's emotions that's the topic i call it because the thing is like you know what we all play this tough guy you know all of us like even walking into a sex club I don't like even, you know I don't, I, I don't even want to say tough guy I, a lot of it is one side is tough guy the other side is self-deprecation it's a lot of self-deprecating yes. and the other side of that is the victimhood yeah a lot of people who like you know is it's like they'll gaslight you and then turn to a victim the next minute. It's like, so I feel like that dark side doesn't get addressed a lot. Um, that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, to me, like, I just feel that we, I think for us, 2022, as much as we should still have some, we're going to have some podcasts where we do our piggy piggy things, of course. But, you know, like Rick said, I'm learning from you. You can go back. We, listen, we have talked about basically so many sex parties, so many cruisings. But the thing is, even that we forget about, we never really talk about the dark side and the emotions. Like, you know, like again, like steam room saunas, we, we have talked about this in a way. There's so many times that even in this high sexual, hot atmosphere, there are men who literally have miscommunications of cruising and they're walking out of there feeling ugly and feeling this is like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm one of them. And it doesn't, it's like, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. it doesn't stop. Like your insecurities, your shame, yes. your guilt. You know, that's nothing. Also, miscommunication. When we have um, David Pasner on, I want to talk about the guilt, the uh, the gay shame. I love it because that's still because you know, based on like your upbringing, plays a has a huge effect on your you know your upbringing, your mindset, and your outlook on life. And well, you know, I want to say too, this is a very very odd twist of a topic, but it's what we're talking about. I was talking to some uh, heterosexuals the other day. That's what I call them. And we were having this conversation the about... The I call them the heterosexuals. 
uh, I have a very large circle of heterosexual family members. Like I tell everyone that we, they laugh. Uh, I'm not accepting applications. I am, I am good with heterosexuals uh, until the day I die at this point. But every once in a while I get new ones. And this one new heterosexual was trying to talk to me. And uh, we were talking about uh, this aspect that you have to realize something. Even if you are the most beautiful, confident gay man or woman, lesbian, and you have dated a lot, you still have dated 25% of how much a straight person has dated. And this person I was talking to um, was saying, oh, it was my cousin. Oh my God, a younger cousin who's now an adult. That's why I was like, I'm like, it's a new heterosexual. I remember I'm like, all right. I'm like, I liked you as a kid, but I'm like, all right, I'll let you in. But he was saying it's true. He's like, you know, even, you know, his straight buddies who, you know, again, straight people are, you know, like, it's just different because again, so we talk about this. They're so weird. Right? When I say weird, they have more opportunities. Because you know, when you watch movies, when you watch TV, everyone knows this. That guy who you're more attracted, you know, I just saw a TikTok, this man is fucking beautiful. And he's straight and he has, you know, his, his friend is straight and his friend wife. And, you know, the point is his friend's not that good looking, but he has a wife. The thing is, even the straight man, even though I think he's very good looking, he has a date seven days a week. There are seven days a week he has a date with a woman. There's always women for him because they're the majority or same thing like, you know, like my cousin talking, like he's talking about his buddies and all this stuff. The thing is, it doesn't matter what you look like. There's so many women. There's so many fish in the sea that everyone has someone to find for a date. They have more practice. And with gay men, that's what I'm trying to say is that I feel, because I, I just realized there's so many times I've been seeing this through people I talk with where there's miscommunications, like, you know, like one conversation, like I have a man who I'm speaking to right now who's telling me how he's pos, positive. Uh, for people who don't know the lingo for that. I don't know why they would. He literally, I had to text him and reach out again. He thought I'd stop texting him because he told me he was positive. And I said, baby, uh, so, uh, I want to say 95% of my, my homosexual friends are positive. I'm like that. The thing was, I, as we all know, between late night cruising, Jesus Christ, in my sleep, I'm juggling 12 balls. I, I just, I thought he was on, there was this big miscommunication. And even though he's a very attractive man, he, you know, and I'm sure he's, he's dated men. I was like, look at this. These are two men, myself and him. We really were getting off good. We stopped talking because again, we don't, we don't have as much practice is what I'm saying. So for me at a 37 year old gay man, and he is a little bit younger, which I didn't really like, but I will say that he doesn't know who I am. So I hope he's not watching, <laughs> but I, I told Matt Flatter when he told me how young you are, I was like, like he's still over the 30 world. But I'm like, Ooh, like, like I'm talking like to me, if you're 35, I'm calling you. I'm like, I feel like I'm rocking the cradle. Like I, I want you to be my age older. But the point is this miscommunication. I was like, I just don't understand it. Cause like it was through text. And I was like, what, what the fuck? Like, you thought I stopped talking because you're what were we living in the 1990s? No. But the point is, we don't have as much practice as straight people do. And also, we are dealing with speaking of pause, which we've spoken about many times. We always talk about because it's part of our world that we forget to talk about the stigmatism of this. It is true in a sad way for straight people. If a straight person is true, if they said, like, oh, I had HIV, I'm going to say it. I feel that it's much harder in the straight world. That would make yeah. them just be like a, a gay person because they're, in the they're, gay world, they're very it. ignorant. People still think equivalent yes. HIV to AIDS. Yep. And I need to definitely make a note of that. Uh, and they still make jokes I, about it. Oh, now that's something like I, I'm not gonna. That's the one do a fact. whole podcast about that. That is the truth. Is that you said it about the jokes? Straight people are very ignorant. Gay people, like, and I, I, I'm, I'm saying this as an educated gay man. 
I am not scared to date or marry a man who's positive because I always say this too, being pigs like we are, and I've always said, we said this, uh, whenever we talk about this, we say this, a wise man once said, whenever you're walking into a hundred to 200 man gangbang, you have to walk in there with the mindset that every man has HIV, gonorrhea, syphilis, this, this, and that. And when I he said that, it was a man who, t- who, who was a part of the PrEP program. He was the reason for PrEP is that if you're going to do these things, these sexual activities, you should always be prepared that someone is positive. Someone is not also on PrEP. Or you know, I'm going to say it too, with gonorrhea, like, you know, all the oral, like the not the big ones, the ones the penicillin clears out. Listen, whenever a cock touches my mouth or my cock goes in someone else's mouth, my drive home, all of us, every gay man, you have to always think whenever you're free love hooking up, well, yeah, I mean, I, that glory hole, that guy might have gonorrhea in the mouth. You, you have to live that way. But I'm going to say so too, you have to be prepared. So same thing with dating. What, what, what's the difference of it? You still, are, I have many friends who are positive whose husbands are negative. And they could, I have one that, friend, his husband is negative for 10 years. And Guess that's what? He's Sarah, like that's Sarah sorting, right? What is it called? Is it called Sarah sorting? I don't know the uh, a tag name okay. for it. It is. Google it. That, I, I that, confirm. The friend I'm sp- speaking of actually lives in Florida, and, and his husband is still. They never. He was negative. Uh, I, I haven't seen him in a few years, but I remember he he was very proud. It was ten years because he said, and this is before prep, by the way. Before prep, he said, "Me and my husband have always had sex with condoms on." He's like, you know, uh, you know, we always play safe. And the thing is, now with this prep world. So I, I, again, educate me to be right, but I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that PrEP basically is a part of the, you know, HIV medications that basically, you know, all the different, again, I, I don't want to say doctors terms, we're not doctors, um, but I'm pretty sure that if you had a husband or a partner who was HIV positive and you're on PrEP, I, it's I, like I, condoms. Okay, it is. What, what is it called? Give me one. Okay, it's called. Soro discordant relationship. I'm out Soro or discordant relationship. S E R O D I S C O R D A N T relationship. It's a mixed status couple, is when one partner is HIV negative and the other is HIV positive. Also known as Sero. Sural discordant couple or sural different couple using protection means that couples can have sex without passing HIV on. <laughs> but not for anything, it is the truth. Like, you know, like there, listen, I'm going to say it. Every man who's in this mean, podcast, you I might mean, have I, had a date with a man yeah. who's had HIV. You know, Magic Johnson, he know for seven years. You know, mm-hmm. like the thing is this. I've had, I've had, I've dated people who were paused and, you know, I'm so HIV negative. But, but that's, you know, even as we're, you know, we talked about this before about how I'm one of them. Like, I'm, we say, like, I'm a very big oral guy. We all know this. One of the things that I hate about, and when I say hate, I mean this very loosely, but what I don't like about prep, since I'm not an anal guy, we talked about this, and I will always talk about this. Before prep, I lived in a more sexually, uh, I, I, I'm more of a sexually active life because, you know, when I would be at a big sex party, you know, a man would be fucking someone, pop that condom off, 
I'll go blow them or, you know, vice versa, you know, like with me getting, you know, blown. I liked the whole take the condom off world because the condom to me was like, all right, like, you know, it, the dick's still clean. You know, we're now, not only is it dirtier, but the thing is a, a lot of men on prep and uh, our viewers can write in, Rick, you can actually give your opinion as a man on prep. The STD numbers for gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes have skyrocketed because now men are literally, prep is only about HIV. So all these men. Oh, but you gotta, you gotta make sure you preface that more people are getting tested. Yes. And, so and that's, that's something thing, too. It did skyrocket, yes. But yes. a lot of more men are tested and treated as opposed to going months, days, and years without getting tested. And, and thinking they have gonorrhea. You're you know, right, you're it, right, you're it right. Went, you know, it went unnoticed, so it went untreated. So I feel like it really- I'm very ignorant. That's something I really never thought about. The curtain behind it and realized that you know, there is more sexual chest STDs being passed on than we actually knew. You're right. It's, but the thing is, you said it best. It's maybe, maybe it's not necessarily that STDs are spreading more because everyone's on prep and, you know, fucking raw. But maybe it's because people, like you said, they have to get tested now every three months. Yeah, but, but also, yeah, that, is, that makes a difference. Like I, before prep, I wasn't getting tested every three months. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't getting tested often. Yeah. And it'd be like, oh God, when I finally get the courage and nerve to do it, because it's like, I don't know what my status going to be. You know, I finally did it and was negative, but still, I went, how many months not knowing that? How many, yeah. oh, more than a So it's like, I get the numbers, but at the same time, I'm happy that, you know, that people, more people get, have to get tested. In order to do that, and and I you you cannot be on it, and I I love that for that because I feel like it indirectly has saved a lot of lives. I think also with prep, and I feel we need to like you know th these are all the things about twenty twenty two. We need to have more conversations about it, and you know what? Like I said, like you know, it's okay if we have like you know multiple podcasts where we talk about the same subject. It's always gonna be different. That's why I want more viewers involved. But prep is something that people in the gay community. It's our, basically, it's, it's in a way, it's almost like our politics because, you know, gay men never talk about prep in conversation. I, and when I say that, I mean my circles. In my circles, it's like, it's one way or the highway. I'm on prep, let's fuck. You know, it's like, but like people really never talk about, you know, details about it. And also, as I will say this, when I have been with groups of men who talk about prep, it's very, my way is right, that's it. And it's like, oh, wow, no one at the table. I, there's been many times I've been with groups of gay men where, you know, there's, a, there's always that overpowering for with a very strong opinion about prep. And then like, you know, someone like myself will say, well, for me, as someone who's not an anal guy, like that's just that example. Like I'm like, you know, that's, a, oh, it doesn't matter. And you're shut down. But it's like, yeah, but again, back to being minority, even if you live in the gay world, we sadly, we're not every night with gay friends. Like, you know, you were straight. So the thing is, we don't see each other as much. And I think that's on the podcast. That's why I would love our listeners to write in and, you know, email us, DM us, you know, do all these things because I want to find out more opinions because there's so many things that, you know, no one just really gets to talk about and make you feel more comfortable. Like, you know, that's one thing. I'm going on prep soon myself, even though I'm not in anal because, you know, I said like, you know, sadly, I do have to, even though no one's pushing me, let's be real, if I'm going to do some porns, I mean, like, I just don't like doing it. Even though they're on prep, baby, I, I you know what? I just, I don't like that. I'm going to say it. I'm that person. We've all done it once or twice, but even though it's like, I don't like my penis going in someone or someone going in me without a condom on, 
when I'm not on prep, even though they, they're on prep. They tell me, oh, well, well, I'm on prep. Still, I, you know, so the thing is, anyway, the point to the story is what I do like about it is my doctor used to always look at me like I was a fucking crazy freak because I used to get tested once every three months, max six months, you know, like even now, like I haven't tested in a while and I have to go. But again, my doctor says to me, like, well, you don't really do anal. So have you been sexually active? You know, the point is I like it. I'm OCD. So I like that aspect of prep. But I've only found that out and talk like just you saying that it's true. The point that on prep, you are forced to get tested every three months. That's a big game changer and why a lot of gay men feel more safe and comfortable. And like you said it best, you, remember the old you know days? Stat, you know your status so, like, you know, you're more aware of your body. You know where your health, you know where your care, your, your kiver, <laughs> your kidney, your liver. But, but you were saying about before how you used to get the courage. I'm going to say it's like, you know, I, I, I agree with this because just saying for the our listeners, being OCD and ADHD like I am, I always kind of got tested like prep because I was like, you know what? And I noticed something like right now I'm very nervous to get tested because I've been tested longer than normally. But again, I have, clearly haven't been very sexually active. Look at my Twitter. It's all me jerking off alone. You know, but the point is it's that fear where when I've had times when I would get tested every three months, like anything. And I've met a lot of men on prep who say this too. It's not that, like you were saying, that fear of getting the guts. Like, all right, let me get tested. Now it's like, oh no, I have to get tested every three months. And that shock factor, you it, know, it, goes away. It, it really changes. Like, yeah, like I don't think about it anymore. Mental health. I don't think about like going get tested. Like, I'm just like yeah. make sure you know it's on the calendar. It's it's set. I'm done. Like, I go in. I get tested. I go all one day. I don't think about it. I'm not worried about what the status, the results going to be. I mean, other you know, not, not the HRV part, but like for the other things, like you know. For the most well, part, it's like I know it. I know what you know. Most to expect, you know, what to do. Um, well, there, yeah, there, okay. there's, closing out though, there's a very limited. You know, the more than me, isn't it? It's a very prep is like ninety nine point something effective. There's a yeah. very very small amount of men on prep who have actually gotten HIV. It's, it's a daily pill. Yeah, it's a daily pill. And but the thing is, I think the people who were exposed, who were on prep, weren't following the regime of taking it yes. every day. And um, I must, oh God, I just had a thought and I lost it. Um, I, oh, the one thing I feel like, I feel like we don't talk about is the stealthy. And I feel I'm like- I'm sorry, say that again. Stealthy, where somebody takes the condom off without your permission, without you knowing. Oh, God, you know what? We'll put that in notes. Cause that, that uh, stealthy, stealthy, uh, the AIDS, not AIDS. I, I think that is actual term. They call it age chasers. I hate that term. Oh, I don't like that. The, you talk about the pods chasers. Uh, but, yeah, like, I've heard pods chasers. Age. I mean, when I say I, again, we'll talk about this next podcast because I, oh, I really but, no, like. No, I'm it. sorry, bug chasers. Yeah, because I just recently saw. Like, and again, do not quote me. I really will keep my eyes open. I can't remember where it was. I just saw something recently. It might even been on. You, our, you see it, you see our it on Twitter. Twitter. You see it on Twitter all the time. There, I, I think it was an actual party. That's why I'm thinking it was our Twitter. I just saw a party where it was literally they they were looking for pause loads. Like I'm negative, looking for pause loads. Oh yeah, I've seen and, them very often. But um, this remind me. I, this remind me. Like late I want to say tops of verse. We are sex positive and one of the things I, I wanted to celebrate That's, was 
was the positively um, fabulous, or um, we got shirts that said undetectable, delectable. I so, saw that actually. Just I saw it when you, as you were making it, I was putting something on the, I was sending our page out to someone and I saw you added that shirt. I love that I popped. So now I'm looking at the website more. I saw you, and I love that because the thing is this. And also, um, buyer hazel, buyer, bio handsome, mm. not buyer, biohazard, but bio, mm. bio handsome with the biohazard. You know, I want to put a positive spin on something that's been deemed negative or, you know, shameful. Well, that's a, you know, I'm just closing out with all of this again, we're talk always talking because this is a part of I feel like gay culture 100% is that, you know, it's wonderful that technology has helped us and saved us and that the world has taken HIV seriously as me and Rick love to when we will do another we love watching pandemic AIDS pandemic movies, because that's a part of our culture. I think like you're a gay man. I don't care if you're 18 years old or if you're 40 and you didn't care if you have not seen like I'm sorry whenever I see a movie that has anything to do with AIDS immediate watch because that is a part of our culture always but the point is is that it's great that hiv is not a death sentence anymore and that we have medications where we live full lives and it's wonderful but i still think that it's something that like you said like it's not about praising it it's about accepting it that you know i've met many men in my life that i love it's a beautiful moment where i meet these beautiful young men who with pride it's not pride like it's not like, like they won an award they're like Oh, I'm actually positive. The one I'm trying to say is that positive. The thing is, it's it. I, I can't explain what I'm trying to how to express it. It's but the, it's, it's the that, mindset. It's the mindset. Yes, positive it, mindset. And it, it's not that like oh, like it's not a joke. They take it very seriously. Like all the men who I, like during the pandemic, all my friends are like, I am positive, so I have to be very, very careful. And I mean, so the thing is, it's not like they weren't. They got it recklessly or carelessly. But like you know what? Even like I actually, the man I'm telling you about who told me he was positive. You know, he told me the whole story and I loved listening. I did, Brian said, I shut my loud mouth up. I'd not speak once. I wanted him to tell me. And I said to him, I said, you know, I kept him, it's not encouraging, but like the thing is, but look at, you have a full life to live. The thing is, it's always that traumatic moment. You know, it's, it's like finding out like, you know, like any kind of disease. Like, it, listen, no one's in like, you know, other than these paws uh, and bug chasers we're talking about this, this wanna- term of like met who have a fetish. The thing is like, you know, it is, but you still have a safe, healthy life by following medications, things like that. And that's why I feel like it's not about celebrating. It's that I can, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed. That's what, oh, thank you. God. Also need to remember there's people who are actually born with HIV. Yes. And people get it from blood transfusion. So you can't always assume it's through sex. So I just want to like, make sure we reiterate that, that there's other ways you can't, you know, be HIV positive. I say that because you know what, Rick, and you just said something beautiful. It's like you said it before too. And I think that it's like how straight people have this ignorance that only gay people get HIV. No, injections, needle, you know, we all, I would hope that everyone who's listening knows these things. You know, you can get HIV from literally, technically you could get it through saliva. You have a bad cut in your mouth, you know, again, but again, you can't live in fear. Don't live in ignorance. There's many ways other than sex that you can get HIV. But the point is that with all this said and done is at the end of the day, straight people constantly don't worry about getting tested. That's why straight people are, and I'm going to say this again, they bleed into our beds because how many gay men, how many movies, Whitney, what was the movie? Not Whitney. It's a sin. Uh, no, no, it's a angry diary of a, there's a famous movie. This was years ago. The woman, angry black woman was that 
the, the I love her. Fuck. I think it was Harry or Bad Black Woman. Yes. The, the, that the, I always remember the scene because there are so many. She's sitting there with her husband who was secretly gay who got HIV and gave it to her. So here she is, a straight woman. Oh, you know what else uh, was was a pose? Was it was it, was it, I can't remember what show it was. I'm like, pose. it might have been the episodes where the straight man was. And again, it's not about that she was a hooker. There was a transgender um, escort. Again, this is all about the eighties. Was it pose? No, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, the point is, she gave this the scene. It was a guy from American Horror Story. That's all I can remember. Oh, uh, Evan Peters. Yes. The thing was, it, it doesn't matter who it was. He was sleeping with an escort behind his wife's back. But I said this too. It doesn't matter that she was an escort. He was having affairs behind his wife's back. And this, these are the days where people don't wear condoms. But again, the point is, he's sitting there. So the thing is, it doesn't matter that she was transgender. That was the whole point of why I love that scene. It wasn't about her being transgender. It was that the point is that he could be sleeping with a female who is a uh, uh, escort, or he could be sleeping with a female who is sexually free, and she might have slept with a man who was secretly half bisexual. And get so the thing is with the straight people. That's what I'm trying to say is that. That, that we don't realize that the kid's born, you know, there's such a way that it bleeds into all of it. You know, and the thing is like, that's where I get so mad about when people always call HIV the gay disease because like, yeah, but also what about people sharing heroin, heroin needles, heroin needles, you know, or the children, like you said it best, I've met so many children who are straight at school functions and I used to do a lot of stuff with uh, HIV. Cause, you know, I've always, you know, you know, that I like to volunteer and blood stuff. And I always remember meeting the kids who, like you said, they were born with HIV. That was it. That's it. Now, you know, this see, is my I, life. And, and with correlation to HIV and straight people, I feel like that's why I feel like a lot of straight people have, can't handle the, the uh, can't handle dealing with COVID. Yes. Because they never had to deal with anything that could, it could, that could impact their life. Yeah. It's like a lot of them, is a, a huge culture shock to them to actually have to deal with their health and be conscious of others and, you know, be considerate of other people's health, not just their own or not just their own family and friends. I, I think what I wanted to say too is that's what I loved about the shirt you made because what I meant by shame is that all of the, I feel the majority of gay men, it's not that they're proud to be like, oh, I'm positive. Like, no, no, yes, I'm positive, but I'm not ashamed. And that the thing is like, what well, I'm trying to say like, like, again, the majority, the majority, it's not like, like all the friends, I, like they didn't purposely go out and say, oh, I'm gonna, it doesn't matter. I'll get HIV, there's medications now. But the thing is, they're not ashamed anymore to say like, oh, I'm actually, you know. And, and when I say this, I know gay men from all different ages. And the gay men that I'm very close with who are in their 40s to later 50s, who lived a little bit more, well, actually now more 50s, like, you know, like older, you know, it's hard for them to not be ashamed because things they grew up in a time like, I mean, again, actually, I'm going to say even our age. Because I remember my first friend who got HIV, I was 18 years old. And I remember, like, you know, I was sobbing, crying. Because, again, me, I'm 37 now. When I was 18, it was still that time of, like, oh, my God. I can't believe someone that I know is going to die. Like, and again, I was 18 years old, too. So, you know, we, we weren't educated. We're now I feel like the world has changed. But the thing is, like, you know, even my friend, it was only a small group of us he told in secrecy. And literally, like, a moment of, like, oh, my God. I have HIV, you know, and that's the thing is that that's what I meant by shame is that there are men now, it's not that they're proud of it. It's that they're, 
I'm not ashamed to say, yes, I do have HIV. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a different uh, expression. And I feel that, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's men who would, you know, just look at things in a different way with, you know, I, I don't want to say pause pride that I don't want to say that works. I don't know if that's it. Uh, I will say is I will say is pride in like I, I want to say like, like ownership the ownership yes. like they you know, own my last it, thing, like, do you, do you remember when all of a sudden on Scruff and Grinder this is actually a very big moment I remember when all of a sudden on Scruff and Grinder I started noticing men again not being proud not being ashamed to say hi I'm positive I do remember because that. It, and I remember it was a very remember, big it was thing. like almost like a campaign. It was like a it was like a lot of people rallied around it. Yes. And it was a very big TV thing. Like I don't think it was even listed. Yes. And now and it's I, shaped from being positive to undetectable. Yes. So, uh, you see the breakdown of it on prep, you know, don't know. Like it's, I'm gonna say it like we've talked about before with the whole like, you know, the world we're living into, like, you know, I always say it's the no fats, no femmes, like you know. You, you have to give everyone the freedom of choice and love. And what I like about like with the positive, this is my first thing I thought about, was that it's almost in a way being more, like, I feel like that as the gay community and uh, not only gay community, just the world, we're so politically correct now. And always like everyone's trying to, you know, say you have, can't say, listen to the thing. If I, for that man who's positive, it's not about being proud. It's that he's not ashamed to say, I'm positive. So now any man who's not okay with that, I'm not going to waste my time and you're not going to waste my time. Because I remember the days of, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Oh, you're hot. Oh, you're hot. HIV and STD negative. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I, like I said, I, I, every dick that I suck, every man who sucks my dick, in my head, I assume, you know, like they, they might have everything. That's why we get tested. But the thing is, that's never been an issue with it. Because, I, again, I practice very safe sex. But the point is, I can't remember the last time me and a man have really had that conversation of like, you know, and I did actually just have it recently. It was very awkward. I can't remember. The man asked me something. And even though I was saying it, he, he basically, again, I, oh my God, I had two bad, when I say bad, I had two miscommunications with positive men this month. I had a man who, I, I can't remember, we were going to blow each other or something stupid. And he got misconstrued thinking that I didn't want to blow him because he was positive. And I, oh, this is why. Oh, um, again, I always got to bring it to sex. The reason why, but it's about HIV. He wanted us to swallow each other's loads, but I really do. We've talked about this. Before. I love, I love coming my face. It's, a, I'm sorry, it's a fetish. There's something we, about, we, like, about we, we always end. have, always, <laughs> we'll, but we'll always talk about it because it's who I am. And there's so many other gay men like me. When come hits my face, if I see come, it, I, I'm getting hard right now. Like, honestly, thank God we're FaceTiming and we're not here. This would be really awkward. Just talking, oh my God. And this man I find very attractive. And honestly, I literally was, I, I can't explain, but it was through text, of course. I was like, God, the thought of your cum all over my face. That's what I really want. And he took that as that because he's positive, I didn't want to swallow his load. And the point was, and I really meant it. I'm like, honestly, maybe you're going to call me stupid, but I actually really didn't even think about that. I was really saying, I want your cum tripping all over my face. But, I, but this is the point of the story. You is a, that You love a good facial. I mean, that, that's why you get that porcelain skin, so. It's true. But that's all miscommunication thing. And that's where we're talking. That tied into everything else we were talking about. Right away, I feel like, you know, I'm going to say I'm very proud of me and you. I love that we talk about this more because it's, I, for me personally, I feel like there's a lot of, I feel like these two stories I told that both actually had to do with positive men. 
I would have never catched this miscommunication if it wasn't for how I've opened up as a not only gay man, but as a person uh, with reaching out like that man, like I automatically was like, I'm so sorry, sir. Can I just ask you what, what's going on? That there's a mis- I feel like this miscommunication. I think like the old me would have like been like, well, fuck you. I don't and then all of a sudden this turned into something. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that we, we forget that through text because that's the main source of us as gay men meeting. And that's why so many miscommunications. I, it is so funny. I tolerate text, but I hate text messaging. I hate, I hate texting. Same. Like, I, I have absolutely hate it. We, we turned into a, a texting culture. And I remember it was almost rude to text somebody. Like, I remember, like, you, I called you and you didn't answer the phone. And it's like, oh, you text me. Like, why, are you, why won't you? Oh, I'm me? the opposite. I call people. And, you know, I always get my one good friend that you say to me, uh, uh, who I worked with the cock. I call, I always laugh when credit my friend Cole. I called him like sometimes. Say, I, I, I'm like, oh my God. He's like, call me if someone's dying. Is everything okay? <laughs> but, but the thing is, he wasn't joking. And I'm going to say is the majority of the world is like that. A phone call is only for work, like really something very, 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 very important, or like, oh my God, someone died. And I'm like, see, to me, and that's where I feel like this miscommunication because also like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go into other topics. We're, we're going to end tonight's podcast soon, but you know, I'm going to say it's like, I've also had the reverse. There's so many men who I have beautiful texting with and then I meet them and it's like, oh, this is not, because again, they had time to think. So I'm like, oh my God, I thought you were so fun. So funny. Oh no, that's because you had 10 minutes to think about what to answer me back. Okay. But now we're live. I'm like, girl, I'm wet all the time. Okay, I'm a wet like yeah. So I, I think that's interesting. These are definitely things that we're going to go deeper into, and I love. But I, uh, I love tonight's podcast. I would love to wrap. So I'm not going to lie to anybody. I have literally been traveling and killing it. Me and Rick Easley. I got a fucking. I just want this Christmas tree down. I'm so. <laughs> that's right. What time is it? I'm, I want. It's ten o'clock at night, and I'm going to go do it with my Christmas tree and try to eat something and I don't even fucking know. I'm going to jerk off with a flashlight. But um, I am so grateful for Rick Easley for 2022. I think that 2021 ended uh, late night cruising has some amazing things coming. And when I say coming, uh, not just C-U-M coming, I mean like coming for us. And uh, I can only speak for me. I love what we have and what we do. And I'm so excited to see what 2022 has to offer for me and Rick's passion for homosexual life. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot of things coming up. Um, I'm, it's so much going on. Like I'm losing, like, it's hard for me to like shut my brain off and go to sleep lately. I, I like I'm up, up early and I'm like, my brain's just going a mile a minute. And I'm like, I need to do this, I need to do this and, that, and I need this city and that city and this event and this party. Okay, now I got to do artwork. So it was like, it's a lot of things going on. I'm excited, but it's just like, my my goal, my dream is to be able to just commit to it full time and even over time. And well, just- we're almost there. 2022 is bringing it. And like I said, eventually we won't have so many cancellations with parties and we're going to be back to the world and good things are coming. But I'm very excited. But if you're a party promoter, you're listening let us know if you have an event, go to our website, latenightcruising.com. Um, at your event, we will love to have you on there. We would love to promote your party and events and help sell tickets and make money in the process. Um, so don't be, don't hesitate. 
Check out That's the website. Right. There's so many things. We got weekly drag shows. We got weekly theme events. We got weekly sex parties. And I'm just keep adding, adding more parties and events. So just be on the lookout. A lot of things change. If you haven't been to the website in a long time, come back and see it. A lot has changed. I promise it you. It is beautiful. Early. It has changed. Top Subverse, I'm obsessed with. It's my yes. child. And it's changing. And also, of course, uh, our Twitter account, our Instagram, but our Twitter mainly because our Twitter is completely uncensored. We can really do yeah. whatever we want. So our, I always have I, I, a way our Twitter is our main thing. But go find us. And again, uh, this is Brian and the Score Thick Bear. I'm so excited about tonight. Go follow me on Twitter and see me do weird things with my foreskin. And if you're looking to bottom, Rick Big Dick Easley is living in Harlem. I'll tell you street address if you <laughs> Signing out. I love everyone. Uh, have a good night. Good night.